This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Hey everybody, this is Bentley Manning coming to you from the Church of the Incarnation. Hello friends, it's Kellen. Uh, Might be a little more uh, correct, accurate to say coming to you from the temporary offices of the Church of the Incarnation. This might be our last empty pews from this office space. Maybe not. Maybe we'll do one next week. We'll see. It would be such a gift to have this be the last one in this office space. Why? Well, it's just, it feels like then we're making some, we have some movement, you know? Right. So we're, um, we have some movement because we're getting kicked out of our temporary office space because our lease is up. Um, and we're moving back to our church offices, but the building will not be fully open at that point in time, sadly. It's it's just that we'll be over there again in the middle of a construction site. Anyway, Kellen, I, I'm looking forward to that move, I think. And uh, we haven't had a podcast in a little while. Many uh, weeks. So there's a whole lot, I think, that we could talk about. A lot of things that have happened over the past couple of weeks. We were in Suwannee. We were at clergy conference. We had really busy weeks. I'm not sure what happened in between those things, but it's all kind of a blur for the last month. Have we not updated anyone on the Suwannee piece? We started a podcast about Suwannee and we never finished it. That's right. So there is somewhere in our files a kind of (laughs) half-finished podcast. Yep. We tried again, but... Well, um, it was... For what it's worth, I don't know if we want to revisit all of that, but it was the annual uh, alumni gathering at the School of Theology where students and alumni come back, listen to lectures, worship together, uh, spend time together. There's like a, a formal dinner of sorts. And then this past week, we were just at clergy conference um, at Lake Logan, and we got to see our colleagues here in the Diocese of Western North Carolina, whom we hadn't seen in a couple of years. So there have been these just kind of big occasions of gathering with other priests and colleagues and classmates, and um, I forgot how meaningful those experiences can be. Yeah, absolutely. It was a blast catching up with um, some of our colleagues. We haven't spent much time with them over this past year, as you all might imagine. Uh, really good getting to spend uh, quality time with them. At Clergy Conference, we also had Luke Timothy Johnson with us, uh, which gave us, I think, a lot to think about. Um, Kellen, He's a you- New Testament scholar, for those of you who don't know who Luke Timothy Johnson is um, he used to teach at Candler at Emory and um, is just really a well-known and prolific theologian and biblical scholar. So it was really fun to learn from him. Yeah, it was great. I think for me, you know, sometimes you never know kind of what the time will be like at, at a clergy gathering. But this was, for, for me, it was really great just to kind of sit in a chair and listen to someone as knowledgeable as Dr. Johnson is and just sit there and try to like learn something. Yeah, what did you say after leaving? You're like, 
It was like we kept the main thing, the main thing at clergy conference. Yeah. Sometimes I think when this is kind of behind the veil for the podcast listeners, if it's okay. Sure. I think sometimes when you get a bunch of priests together, it can be really easy and tempting uh, to talk about like the business of the church, right? Like the institution, like church as institution and systems that work and different methods for leading a group of people and all that kind of stuff. And all of that is probably helpful and good uh, at times to think about, you know, the um, how to care for the church, the body of Christ. But this last time was really kind of focused on Paul and focused on the transformation made available in and through the person of Christ which is, I think, keeping the main thing the main thing. It's certainly what brings me life and joy as I think about my work as a priest in the church. Women on the battlefield, drink from the ladle by the moon. The blood expand across the fields like chrysanthemums in blue. Yes, the wind so much to feel, and we're all just taking sides. So work it out, stick it out, work it out. One thing that Luke Timothy Johnson said that I'm still kind of chewing on because I thought it was a powerful image for our particular time as like this pandemic church struggling to get back to church and um, was his description of how the spirit um, moves in the church, right? How the spirit comes to Jesus followers and that it comes to the whole body gathered um, and how, you know, we can't <laughs> experience the movement of the spirit, at least not in its most powerful form, um, by ourselves or through screens. And, um, just this, like the essential piece of the gathered body in Paul's writing and from my own experience as a you know, Christian and priest is that like transformation happens when the body is gathered. And I think it's also just like a super, super helpful corrective to like the um, pervasive individuality that just like runs through American Christianity where we think we can do it like by ourselves all the time. And like Paul just runs totally counter to that in his letters and his experience of discovering Jesus. I think that's certainly right. Um, And I would also add, it also, I think, then colors and changes what we might mean or think we mean when we say that we go to church for community. It's not uncommon for folks, for me, for others, to say, you know, one of the things that I love about church is the community. But we don't, I don't think, love it first and foremost, or are not called to love it first and foremost because it makes us feel good. But if Paul is right, uh, 
it's because it's essential to our salvation to be in relationship with other people because, as you mentioned, Christ works with a body of people. And so, as it is, God would require, ask, invite us to be with other people because it seems like it's necessary for our salvation. Yeah, I mean, it's about being drawn into a spirit-filled community. Um, I understand why people say that about church, but I, I think maybe, like, get more specific, like, what it is about that community. It's that the spirit animates us and moves through us and among us um, and, you know, offers a different kind of community that one doesn't experience elsewhere. Kellen, you said earlier, uh, just a few seconds ago, that you've seen that kind of activity of the Spirit at work in a community, uh, God's kind of salvation bubbling up uh, through the gathered body in some very particular ways. Would you mind sharing some of those? Yeah, sure. I think that the Spirit works in sort of a multitude of ways in the gathered body. Um, You know, I've lots of stories of people whose lives have changed because of a particular scripture passage or the word preached to them or the Eucharist, right? Um, But maybe what comes to mind most immediately for me is something that I feel like language has a hard time getting at. It's a kind of more um, mystical experience maybe where there is just this deep sense um, that what we are doing together and who is with us, meaning Jesus, provides um, wholeness and unity and a glimpse of healing that I really, really don't experience anywhere else in my life in such a um, powerful way. So our gospel text for this week comes from the 10th chapter of Mark, and it is a healing story. It's the healing of um, blind Bartimaeus, who is a beggar sitting on the roadside. And um, he sort of hears that Jesus is in town, and he shouts to Jesus um, a couple of times, um, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know, people sort of were annoyed at him. That's what I'm gathering from the text, at least, and told him to be quiet. And he still kept yelling. Um, and Jesus sort of hears him through through the crowd and says, call him here. And um, the man springs up and runs to Jesus. And Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? And he asks to 
see again. And Jesus says to him, go, your faith has made you well. Bentley, you are preaching this week, I think. Um, And so wondering what you're thinking about Mark 10. The first thing that jumps out, I... um I'm surely I'm repeating myself at this point, um, being over a year in on this podcast. I'm certain I've said this before. Um, but what jumps out to me is this word from Jesus, um, this question back to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And it's clear, I mean, I think there are other places where this is also true, that Jesus, at least in the Gospels, doesn't appear uh, to know or assume what people want from him. It's kind of this requirement for them to articulate their need for healing, their need for salvation, their need for Christ. And it's just a powerful thing for me to think about. Um, I'm not so sure I'm good always at naming the particular things that I need from Jesus. And I wonder if my inability to name those things out loud, either to myself or to God, um, prevents some healing that would be helpful. What about you, Kellen? Uh, What jumps out or what speaks to you about from this gospel reading? Um, I'm glad that you drew attention to that question in the text because it's the same question that Jesus asks James and John from the story right before. And... um, you know, what James and John need from Jesus turns out to be wrongly motivated, right? And he will not grant it. But here is this man, Bartimaeus, a beggar who is blind in the street, um, who is able to name something that Jesus is more than willing to offer. One question about the text that I don't know, because I haven't read much about it, um, is like, does the cloak that the blind man throws off of him have significance? Like what is, what is the text doing there with Bartimaeus sort of like throwing off this outer garment? Uh, Kellen, I'm not, I, I'm not well-versed enough in these passages to know, but my impulse would be probably what yours would be is that I'm imagining that it's a way of signaling that this man, Bartimaeus is interested in transformation, is interested in a new life uh, and shedding kind of, I mean, quite literally throwing off his old clothes. One imagines um, kind of a baptismal garment. I'm, I'm, I'm reading this um, allegorically, but I think um, there's, a, there's an image of transformation here. I'm also thinking of, um, just thinking about juxtapositions with this text and, and the, the rich man who comes to Jesus who can't give away any of his possessions to follow Jesus and for Bartimaeus to probably have this one thing, this one cloak, right? It says he's a beggar um, and he just tosses it away without um, Jesus even asking him to do so. Yeah, I think that's the right read. I think that's exactly what's going on here. Um, Of course, the question is posed to us, to you, Callan, to me, and to those of you listening and to those of you who will be at church, um, what is it that you want God, what is it that you want Christ to do for you? Um, I, and my sense is that if we're not, 
we don't think that we need anything from God, Jesus is going to be very disappointing. Fourteen years ago I left to wound a friend I'm already home Took my name after you wrestled me and said I'm already home I'm already Sure, I kissed you, but I'm walking with a limb. I'm already home. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt to carry this. I'm already home. I'm a prayer. Almighty and eternal God, so draw our hearts to you, so guide our minds, so fill our imaginations, so control our wills, that we may be wholly yours, utterly dedicated unto you. And then use us, we pray, as you will, and always to your glory and the welfare of your people, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, look, Parish family, uh, not a ton to update you on except this. Uh, next week, we will be moving out of our temporary office and across the street back into the church offices. Uh, so if you look for us above the Highland Hikers shoe store, you will not find us. And it's our annual meeting this coming Sunday at 9.30 a.m. So um, if you're here in town, we'd love to have you with us. There will be worship at 8 and 11 and the annual meeting in between at 9.30. If you're deciding between the annual meeting and worship, my recommendation would be go to worship. I think you should come to both. Perfect. Uh, In the meantime, know that we love you. We miss you. God's peace.